there it is. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of Chatting Cinema. I'm Gianni. I'm Flynn. I'm Luke. And we're doing another debate-style episode today. This is our third on the docket. Uh, fourth. Yeah. Oh, fourth? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. I feel like we're playing Get musical us. chairs. <laughs> we are. We're always moving around here. Um, I'm once again in the moderator chair. And my question to you boys today, as I get the timer ready again, just to make sure we stay kind of on track, is there are a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of franchises in Hollywood. Franchises in development, franchises that are out and solidified and have made tons of movies. Um, What is the best franchise? Star Wars. Okay, Flynn has Star Wars. Start us off. Ow. (laughs) Uh, I think Star Wars is the best franchise. Um, Ow. So, <laughs> Star Wars started in 1977, and um, the story George Lucas told as sort of a, a and a look at the destructiveness of war, um, of political divide, and things like that, uh, is so real and speaks to um, so many real-life issues uh, at the time of making it. But also, it's just this incredible fantasy world. And the, the reason, one of the main reasons I chose Star Wars right away is I think that some of the other big franchises um, really don't exist without Star Wars. I think that the, the way Star Wars sort of took what came before it with um, Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey and uh, old Flash Gordon serials and things like that and transformed it into something new uh, is is really fascinating. Um, I think that world building is unmatched in Star Wars uh, as far as location. I think that character in Star Wars um, is sort of unmatched as these these icons of culture in Star Wars. And uh, the, the way that we've had three separate trilogies now sort of dominate the time period they came out in um, whether it's 77, 80, and 83 with the original trilogy, early 2000s, 99, 2002, 2005 with uh, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith, and now more recently the sequel trilogy um, with Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker. There's something different about Star Wars as a franchise in the way it's able to sort of monopolize the cultural discussion um, because as we see all these different franchises come out they they still can't recapture what Star Wars is there are a bunch of different franchises that mean different things to different people there are a bunch of different franchises that mean something to me that have value in my life um, but the way that Star Wars has been able to connect with and touch millions of people across the globe while telling genuine stories building fantasy worlds um, and sort of be this monolith of pop culture is why I think it's the best franchise. Hmm. Luke, what do you what do you have? So thanks for uh, being on this episode, guys. It was <laughs> great. I mean, it was really fun. Um, no, all right, here we go. This is the worst thing I've ever done in my life: arguing <laughs> against Star Wars. All right. So the only possible outcome I see of me somehow winning this <laughs> is by arguing for Big Red for Marvel. Here we go. You know why? Comic book movies were a joke. Nobody liked them except for hardcore comic book nerds. Up until 2008 when Iron Man came out, there really wasn't too many taken seriously unless you were Batman. And the thing is is that Marvel completely changed the game for franchises 
And Disney saw the potential, made that purchase for now what seems like chump change because they literally made it off of their worst movie. But for 11 years, they created the most impressive film franchise of all time, what they achieved with 23 movies in 11 years. Marvel took stories of characters from all different walks of life, directors from all different walks of life, supporting cast, everybody. These pe- these movies were made by probably the widest range of people from all different areas, and that's what's like most beautiful to me, that like a movie like Black Panther can happen and be one of the highest grossing movies of all time and considered it was nominated for Oscars too. Like like big deal. And I love you, Star Wars. I'm so sorry. Um, but no, like Marvel, it, it reaches so many people in a way that I don't think Star Wars did where Star Wars didn't like it's not happening for us. Like, I'm not going to be a Jedi, but I can be somebody like Peter Parker. I can be somebody like Steve Rogers. I can be somebody like any of these characters. And they're all so real. And the star power is insane. The people that want to be a part of this franchise, like, like you would have never expected some of these actors to do it. I mean, like Christian Bale just announced he's going to be in the next Thor movie because this franchise is still going strong. Like they've already had their phases and it's still going. And like from the settings of high school in the Spider-Man movies, thank you for this argument piece last episode, Gianni, <laughs> um, to literally the farthest reaches of space with Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor to just like whatever Iron Man's millionaire philanthropist lifestyle is to like the thirties being a soldier to now modern day with Captain America. It's like the range of these characters and stories and the fact that they all go together is insane that like, it's so different. Every movie you see every single time it's a new hero at the helm of the movie. It's vastly different. Even Captain America's franchise himself, like his mini franchise, all three movies are drastically different, but they come together to tell this one overarching story that bring that's the whole theme of Marvel is it brings people together it brings everybody together in the end and in the end to fight Thanos I mean like the probably the most the coolest moment I've ever had in theaters is when Captain says uh, Avengers assemble when everybody's together at that end fight like lined up everyone like I remember just the theater was dead quiet and everybody was just watching this moment happen like And I just think that the reach Marvel has and it's going to continue to have is why it's the only franchise that could beat Star Wars, that they've been comics since the 1920s or 30s. Tell me somebody more influential than Stanley. Like that man changed. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. (laughs) George Lucas only had hands on six of those. So (laughs) Stanley had hands on all of them, literally cameo and writing wise. So, I mean, if we're fighting Stanley versus George Lucas, I think I win. (laughs) Well, I will say, Stan Lee did not have a whole lot of writing credit on the movies. Well, yeah, but all the characters were him. True. Fair. Fair. So I have two follow-up questions for both of you. These are individual questions. Uh, I'll send my first one to Luke, because I really liked your arguments there. But can you tell me how the MCU has not taken inspiration from Star Wars? Absolutely. Because Stan Lee created all these characters before Star Wars existed. Mm-hmm. So before Star Wars was even an idea in George Lucas's brain, Stan Lee was writing these stories. Okay. A lot of the stories taken from these movies had been comics in the 70s, the, like the heyday, which, I mean, are you telling me George Lucas didn't read comics? So maybe he got some book, some of his plays from Stan Lee's book too. No, no. Okay. All right. So Flynn, um, Luke mentioned a lot of themes, I would mm-hmm. say, in his argument for the MCU. 
themes of you know we can have a movie about high school we can have a movie about losing your mom um all these different themes of love and friendship and this that the other uh what does star wars have well i think that at its basis um star wars is about love and i've made this argument before but again um i think that star wars a lot of the times is about love being the most powerful force in the world um in the galaxy but you know as far as diversity of storytelling while star wars isn't taking place in a lot of these real life scenarios you have you know losing family members in a new hope we have luke loses aunt and uncle and we have him take on a surrogate family member uh um, of obi-wan you have all these stories about friendship compassion uh fighting for people who are different you know sort of the the diversity of the galaxy and the the jedi in the prequel trilogy are kind of police officers but star wars as a whole as a franchise sort of bends towards justice of you know the the common person defeating an empire and i think that what's really fascinating about star wars and and why it has so much staying power is that sense of love and fighting against forces that are greater than you are applicable in the 70s and early 80s they're applicable in the early 2000s they're applicable today in the late 2010s and um rise of skywalker was 2019 so right at the end of the decade there um the the stories about heroism um and kind of coming from nothing to to be a hero and being someone like luke skywalker who obviously has the bloodline um but the reason we love luke skywalker in a new hope is not because we know he's part of this, you know, sort of ancient bloodline that's uh, the most powerful bloodline in the galaxy. We love him because he's an underdog. He's nobody. He's in the middle of nowhere in Tatooine, uh, and he just wants to to fight for what he thinks is right in in you know the Rebel Alliance. Um, he wants to join his friend Biggs and and <laughs> go and and blow up some Tie Fighters, you know. Uh, and I think that that's something that's fascinating about Luke Skywalker as a character. And as we've continued, we've gotten characters like Rey, who, again, bloodline is not what's important to Rey. She's the underdog character. Um, so I think that connecting with uh, people that have bigger aspirations for their lives, um, who kind of value the right things in life, love and friendship over power and control, um, I think that that's what Star Wars really speaks to at its core and uh, why it's stayed so valuable and why it truly is the the best franchise and why every other franchise that's come since has borrowed so heavily from it. Sure. Hey, uh, Flynn, you want to talk about underdogs? You want to talk about underdogs, huh? How about rock-bottom millionaire Tony Stark completely turns his life around and becomes the ultimate sacrifice? How about kid in the 1930s who's too scrawny to be in there proves his character is worth more than his body and then that's what matters in the end how about black widow a spy who was once a weapon now saving the universe how about all of these characters a high schooler who lost his uncle now becomes the next iron man like all of these characters do that too and i'm not trying to bring down luke skywalker because i love that man sounds like you hate star wars (laughs) this is i don't um (laughs) 
but no like i i think marvel does all of that too in a broader sense applying to more people where yeah there's luke yeah there's ray yeah there's anakin well we got 30 heroes all from different walks of life all different people all broken all hate each other at some point too but then they come together to beat thanos in the end spoiler Sure, but I, I think that, that even that is kind of illustrated in Star Wars kind of more economically because, you know, as a franchise, Star Wars has spawned so much, but I'm talking specifically film franchises, a film show. So, um, you know... We talk the, about movies on this show? <laughs> at the end of, of Rise of Skywalker, you have kind of whatever your feelings on that movie, you have the great summation of, you know, uh, Allegiant General Pride asking where they're getting all these forces from and the response is it's just people um, that's that's Star Wars so you, you can have 30 different heroes over 22 different movies each represent that thing but I, I think that Star Wars represents the same thing without having to to give everybody a main character slot I, I think that you can sum up Star Wars with so many different scenes from Star Wars no matter how you feel about Last Jedi I think that that idea of fighting for something that's bigger than you and love and compassion is evident at the beginning of Last Jedi if you just take Paige Tico's sacrifice as she holds the Haitian smelt uh, necklace that her sister Rose has the, the twin of. She sacrifices her life, gives her life in pursuit of a greater cause. And I don't deny that that Marvel characters do that as well. I love Marvel, but I think that the the way Star Wars does it and the the mythical sense about it speaks to even more people. Um, and you know, again, another Last Jedi scene that illustrates that is is Broom Kid um, at the end of Last Jedi, sort of recounting the tales of Luke Skywalker, legendary hero he is us we are him like just looking at this happening and and taking that taking that strength from these stories and saying i can do this and so yes marvel has realistic settings and you see peter parker in high school and you're like oh i'm in high school i can i can feel that you have black panther with a an anti-imperialist message um but i think that star wars communicates all of these things um in a way that's a smidge more powerful, um, a smidge more lasting, uh, impactful. And I think that overall, without the original trilogy, uh, it's hard to say whether comic book movies as they exist today exist. I mean, remember, Kevin Feige likes Star Wars more than Marvel. (laughs) All right, then. (laughs) Well, I do want to say, though, that Yes, Star Wars is, like, more broader in a sense. Like, it's, like, not as many magical hero characters as Marvel does. But the thing with Marvel is that this franchise has the most unity out of any franchise we've seen where everybody on board is on the same page, whether or not you're directing that movie or not. They're working together. And that's where I think is the only weakness in Star Wars is that from the times of the old legacy canon now to now they lack unity in a sense that like sometimes like the like ryan johnson and jj abram should have worked better together i love both of those men i love the movies they make but there was a lack of unity and flow in that trilogy not dissing it because i love it but like marvel goes from iron man to the end where 
while styles change, while themes change, they feel like one story where you're picking up from different parts and different times where Iron Man and Hulk could be happening around the same time and Captain America at the end and then you get to phase two and it's like Guardians is happening at the same time as Iron Man 3 and like like it feels like the world is more in sync mm-hmm. I think that uh, just a quick rebuttal as um, you also brought up the, the fact that Marvel has diversity of voices and I think that, that while people uh, feel that the, the sequel trilogy under Disney wasn't as coherent a storyline. Um, I think it does work as a story on its own. I think that if you presented it to somebody without all the noise and were just like, hey, watch this, uh, I don't think that people would say like, hey, wait a minute, like, I didn't think this was gonna happen like this. We're looking at it with the benefit of hindsight of having speculated about characters' lineages and stuff like that. And I think that the fact that, you know, J.J. Abrams in Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker and Ryan Johnson, with Last Jedi, I got to make different movies is uh, kind of exciting and kind of adds a lot to to Star Wars. And and I will say the MCU is is 22 movies in, and the level of consistency is really impressive. But there are certain things people don't revisit the earlier movies as much. Like we lost Terrence Howard as War Machine, so that isn't as consistent and we lost edward norton as the hulk so that isn't as consistent even though there's william hurt in the incredible hulk and i know that that confuses people um especially people that might just be going to see the event movies uh whereas star wars everybody kind of knows what's going on because it's star wars it's the the way it's permeated pop culture um i just think in my opinion is is kind of unmatched so i think this uh debate has been really really good and it's gone on longer than I anticipated, to be honest. And you both made really great points. Thank you. Um, Thanks. Something that I keep coming back to about Marvel is the diversity, right, that you mentioned, Luke, and uh, the diversity, first of all, in stories and also in the people behind these stories. Um, And I think that's something that is important and something that Marvel, Kevin Feige, and all have really accomplished to their benefit. But, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't be mad. <laughs> Flynn really got me with um, his Star Wars argument about um, how it just, something about it feels more lasting. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I can even pinpoint it myself. I, I think it's the years it's lasted compared to Marvel, but <laughs> that's true. I know what you're saying. I mean, to me personally, though, I'm someone who didn't really love The Rise of Skywalker, but I can find moments, especially in the sequel trilogy, that I absolutely love and that have stuck with me from the second I saw them in theaters. Whereas with Marvel, I do have to rewatch the movies. You know what I mean? And I can only think of a few moments over 23 movies where I've really sat there and been like struck for a minute. Whereas with Star Wars, I think in every film I've managed to find something. Um, and it, it's just the lasting effect that Flynn really kind of drove that home for me. So I'm going to have to give it to Star Wars here. What a surprise. <laughs> even, even when trying to articulate that, it's it's kind of a, a hard thing to, to put into words. Um, just it, there's, yeah, like, like you were saying, there's there's something about it that that really, um, that, you know, the to, to quote my boy Mikey Newman, uh, <laughs> Star Wars exists to make the world a better place. And uh, I think that despite legions of, of fans that, that might hurt 
the the message a little bit. I think that overall, the the vast majority of people that love Star Wars, I think that it has succeeded in that goal of making the world a better place. So, yeah, I'm mad at you. You know what I will say for both of these franchises, though, and I'm quoting Cosmonaut Ma- Marcus here. Um, even when it's bad, it's good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I, yeah. I, that goes for both of them. I but. mean, I, I'm mad at you because you just made me hurt for however many minutes we've been doing this. <laughs> Because I just had to try and tell you why Star Wars wasn't the best franchise. Hardest thing I've ever had to do on a podcast. You know what so. I'm going to say? I really thought one of you was going to go Harry Potter. Yeah, I yeah. didn't expect Star I, Wars, actually. So, that was cool. You know, I yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, because I... when you made I, really good arguments for Marvel. Thank you. I appreciate it, it, that. It's hard to argue against Marvel. I, I love Marvel. And, yeah. and as I was saying, I didn't... Um, during the beginning of my my argument when I was talking about uh, Star Wars inspiring different franchises that also mean something to me. I was talking specifically about Marvel and Harry Potter. Yeah. I, di- I didn't want to throw that out there as a <laughs> sort of argument on your side because I figured <laughs> you would pick Marvel. Um, <laughs> so, But that's what I was talking about because I love Marvel. It, the, the Kevin Feige thing was a cheap shot too, but I know it's true. I've read kevin <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i i don't uh, i need a break <laughs> oh man well that Woo. wraps up our debate here about the best franchise uh thanks for watching thanks for listening i'm gianni i'm fun i'm defeated <laughs> we'll see you next time I had to argue against my namesake man come on <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>